In the holy name of Jesus. So far this summer, Jesus has been a lot of fun. Everybody loves Jesus when he is changing water into wine or feeding 5,000 people or healing the sick or raising the dead. On those days, it is easy to love Jesus. But just in the past few weeks, it has gotten a bit tougher. Last Sunday was just plain spooky with Jesus playing the exorcist. And some folks in the region of the Gerizines were so frightened that they asked him to move on. This week, Jesus has set his face toward Jerusalem. And so the Samaritans won't even let him come into their village. Jesus is now moving with such a fierce sense of purpose that the text says that his disciples are both amazed and then afraid at what he's up to. I was cleaning off my desk this week and I found a note that I'd written to myself a few months ago. It said, when people say love, what is it that they are trying to express? We won't get much help from our culture here. Our culture is now so shallow that when we say love, we do not mean much more than sex. And that notion is so vacant that it is hardly worth discussing. Love is much more than pleasure. Barely better is our definition of love as preference. Where I love that means I want that. That is not love, that is narcissism. It means, I want what I want. So if I get what I want from you, I love you. And if I don't get what I want from you, I don't. But that is just another way of describing selfishness. When I love you means, I got what I wanted from you. Today in Jesus, we see something completely different. Jesus loves his heavenly Father. So Jesus does whatever his heavenly Father asks him to do. Even when that means going to Jerusalem, going to the cross as a sacrifice for the life of the world. Jesus does it, even though it will not be pleasant, and even though, personally, it will not do him any good. He does not need forgiveness, and he does not need to die. But Jesus goes to Jerusalem simply because his father asked him to do it and tells him that it is best. That is love. In the scriptures, love is always a word that describes action. In the scriptures, love is obedience. It is strange, isn't it? Living under the authority of his heavenly Father, living for others rather than himself, living in obedience, love does the right thing simply because it is the right thing. 
whether it pleases Christ or not, even when it kills him. That is not what we call love. In fact, we normally square off against those things. We rebel, we resist, we assert, we proclaim our independence. And Jesus, as you know, could have done that as well. Jesus is in Galilee today, and Galilee was his home. There Jesus walked on the water. There he fed 5,000. There he changed water into wine. There he was respected. There he was obeyed. There he could have ascended. There he could have settled in. There he could have settled down. There Jesus could have been king. But instead, the words literally say that Jesus made his face as hard as stone, as hard as flint, and he set his face toward Jerusalem. That is why his disciples were amazed and afraid. Even though Jerusalem means peace, they know that when Jesus gets there, there will be anything but peace. And they know that whatever comes to get him will come to get them as well. If you ask people why they come to church, they will often talk about love. They want to love Jesus or they want Jesus to love them. But is this what they mean? And when we all gather here again this morning, is this what we mean? When we say love, I wonder if we mean living under the authority of our Heavenly Father, living for others instead of for ourselves, living in obedience and doing the right thing simply because it is the right thing to do, whether it pleases us or whether it hurts us. And most importantly, as a full stretch of the gospel, as full spiritual maturity, I wonder if all of us can hear that as the gospel rather than the law, as a gift rather than a curse, as a joy rather than a sadness, as a blessing, as something we get to do, not something we've got to do, as just one more eschatological example of how our Heavenly Father is bringing His reign to earth in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Just as He did three weeks ago when Jesus raised the boy at Nain, just as He did two weeks ago when Jesus forgave the wicked woman who wept at His feet, just as He did last week when Jesus cast a legion of demons out of a man who had been possessed. Watch Jesus stare into his face. You will see the signs of struggle. It started with his baptism where he was ordained to go to the cross. It continued in the wilderness against Satan with the temptations to power and security and status with the temptation to stay home in Galilee. 
It was pressed by his disciples on the mountain of transfiguration when they begged to build three shacks and stay there forever. Rather than make his way back down the mountain to the dirty and the demonic and the dead. Watch Jesus. Stare into his face. This week he grits his teeth and goes to the cross, not in hatred but in love, not by force but in obedience, not for pleasure but for sacrifice, not for himself but for all of you, and not in fear but in faith. As the wise old apostle said, perfect love casts out fear. You can never really explain what's happening in this story or in the Christian life until you understand love and know how to use this word properly. At its deepest level, love is always otherly, always selfless, always sacrificial. Love is obedience. Love is Eden. Love is heaven. Love is gospel. Love is Christ. So Jesus trades Satan for his father and Galilee for Jerusalem and all of you for himself. It turns out that Jesus loves his father and Jerusalem and you more than he loves his own life. Next time somebody tries to tell you that love is all about sex or all about pleasure or all about selfishness, remember this story. As you go out the door this morning back into the world, you will notice two paths before you. One goes north to Galilee and the other south to Jerusalem. With his gifts of word and sacrament, Jesus has set you on the path south. Follow me, he bids, and I don't know where we'll stay tonight, and no turning back, because anyone who puts his hand to the plow and, and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. No looking back. There is nothing left for any of you in Galilee. Everything that is lovely lies before you to the south in following, in obedience, in Jerusalem, in the cross, in the person of Christ, in the forgiveness of sins. And it is all yours. It is all gift. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.